0: welcome to energy stew this is peter roth your host and i'd like to ask you do you really know what you're standing on this planet you know what's under your feet and let's say deep under your feet maybe it can possibly be a, be a, beyond your imagination cuz you're everyone's taught that it's just kind of rock and fire and whatever but it's it's something else, and I've always been fascinated in this. Um, I've been a fan of Middle Earth for decades, and now there's actually someone who has been there, um, and it's very rare that people have, who have been there are back and uh, and can talk about it, and so that's why I'm I'm really thrilled to have. Lowell Johnson on the show to talk about his experience, unexpected experience, to be taken into this Middle Earth reality that is a super reality, but it's so real and and it's something that we need to talk about. So Lowell, welcome to Energy Stew. I'm so glad to talk with you. Thank you,
1: Peter. It took us a little while to get here, but I'm
0: delighted to be here. And you know, the
1: things that you and I have shared so far, uh, they were great stories to tell each other, but that information is meant for everyone else to understand too.
0: And that's the point, is that you were introduced to a, a whole civilization that exists in a higher frequency that you needed to be ready for, which is why you were allowed to attend and you were, you know, it was something that they understood you were capable of experiencing with them. And and uh, so let's talk about your introduction, which was when you were climbing a mountain, <laughs> just an innocent guy doing a mountain climb. Uh, well,
1: you know, I had been triggered by an interest in more metaphysical things. There was a hole that I'd recognized that hadn't been really nourished in some time. And so for a few years, I had been, you know, focusing on meditation and just allowing, you know, whatever is inside of me that's supposed to make itself known. I was just willing to let that experience itself. And so when I went to Shasta, I went there with and none of this was planned. I was just, I had intended to go to another place in the country. And all of a sudden, when that was unavailable, Manchester just popped into my head. And so everything lined up to make that um, a reality. But I went there understanding that there had been interactions with Ascended Masters there. And I don't like to really follow the trails, everyone else trails. Um, I like to find energetic sources off trail. And so when I got to those spaces and kind of went like this, look, it's just me. If they're an Ascended Master, St. Germain, you know, I'm available. So in the end, it wasn't going to be an Ascended Master of that type that I was going to encounter. Somehow, the ability for me to understand things in a different dimension, which even back then, I really didn't put together and didn't really comprehend I was going to be allowed to make a multidimensional experience. And it wouldn't be until months after that, that I even put that together. When you have the ability to just go somewhere you've never been before. um, And I'm sure for many, it would have been uh, uh, rather frightening. I had found an energetic spot and was leaning up against it to make a long story short. I had just finished some water and some grapes and I was listening to music on my Uh, earpods had my phone in my back pocket and I was actually leaned up against the mountain the the only thing between me was this dried brush when I finished whatever nourishment I was taking uh, and I leaned back the music stopped so when I sat up to take my phone out of my pocket to examine it my phone was off well, it made no sense because it was fully powered 40 minutes ago when I left the car and it had a multi-battery, made no sense. When I had sat up to take this in, I felt the breeze from behind me and then all hell broke loose after that. When I turned around, there was a hole where I had been sitting before Peter and um, then the journey to explore that began. Um we can certainly talk about that in detail, but I want to be mindful of the amount of time that we have to spend today. So, you give me some guidance on what you want to. Well, what, what happened you next? Want me to <laughs> uh, when I turned around to look and realized that there was this now this hole behind me, I stood up to take it in, and it as my eyes were adjusting because you know this it's just afternoon, the sun's almost overhead. Um, I had looked down the space, there was almost a rise that kind of came up and went down almost like it was gonna go, whatever this was, was going down. Uh, later, I'll figure out, this appears to be a lava tube to me, which makes sense. There's lots of volcanic activity around here. Shasta herself was a volcano, and so was Shastina over here. It made sense. So when my eyes could adjust, it seemed like there was somebody down there somebody and when i came to that kind of mindset i heard someone say do you wish to see telos Uh well you kind of hold your energy in check because yeah you get a little bit of anxiety but i'm i have no fear of death and i'm not afraid of things from that perspective and i'm always curious about things i have not seen before so maybe those were elements of what it required for me to be the one that was going to come in. I knew nothing about it. So I made my way down this incline. And from where I stood to begin with, I thought it was an adult-sized male, maybe my height. I'm six feet tall, which now I'm not short, no, well, not overly tall, but I thought, you know, that's a respectable size. When I got close enough to really take this person in he was not six feet tall he was eight feet and change Um, extraordinary had a white gown on he had some ribbons on this I don't know what else to call it maybe one day they'll tell me what it was they were different colors and so I didn't know if that was some kind of decoration or was indicative of some kind of rank that he held Um, when I got close enough to him and looked at him well first of all the guy's flawless There are no wrinkles on them. So it's impossible to say how old this person would have been. And if I had to categorize how they looked, they looked Scandinavian to me. Tall, kind of blondish, blue Um, eyes-ish, but their skin was flawless. So when I got closer to him, he said, well, you can call me Alex. And I said, well, that'll be easy to remember. That's my son's name. He said, yeah, we know about your son. Follow me. (laughs) And so um, we began a tour of the facility. We kept going down this incline, and he began to tell me more about the current state. He explained that, yes, there was a king and queen, but really it's the Council of 13 that really is the body that kind of governs it, if you want to see it that way. Now, there's no legislation that takes place in a place like this the role of the people that sit on that council. There are six feminine, six masculine for balance, and Adama is the head priest, the 13th body. Um, Their role and the the reasons that they were chosen to fill in those capacities is their level of spiritual awareness and maturity. Their job is to assist the rest of the population to achieve those
0: same levels. So how did you get Farther than just this this path down to this civilization of Telos, how far down did you have to go? What opened up for you to, to see that there's really a civilization? Yeah, that's a
1: good question. When we reached the bottom of this incline, I looked behind me to see if I could see late from where I came from, and there wasn't anything behind me. So there's part of me right now that when I keep replaying this, wonders whether I stepped through a portal of some type. But anyway, when we got closer to the bottom, it opened up to an, a pretty large, I want to call it a staging area because I'm not quite sure I'll still categorize it. So here is this t- tube we came out of. As we get to this wide area, there are five more tubes straight across from me. And when I look from where we came in, immediately to the left, there was a platform. It's about six feet by six feet, and it appears to have two bucket seats on it. There's no console. That's all this thing is. And so off to my left, there's another one. And off to the right, there's another one. And as I'm taking this in, well, Alex makes his way to the left-hand side of this, we'll call it a hovercraft, because that's what it's going to turn into, and motions for me to get in the other one. As soon my craft, butt, he,
0: hit he called it a hovercraft.
1: yeah so. as soon as my butt was on it this thing it it hovered and we were headed through that middle tube on the other side so the sensation of moving that we understand it um hold on one second
0: I'll be right with you Peter Um,
1: that sensation wasn't there. I knew I was moving, but the the idea of air passing through me, yeah, there wasn't any of that sensation, and yet here we went. As we got closer to the other side of wherever this tunnel was taking us, you can see light starting to come in from the other end. And when it did, before we got out of this tube, the light was starting to refract off the crystals that were in the walls, and every inch you took, the light refraction just changed, and it was like one incredible kaleidoscope. Well, all I wanted to do is stay in this environment. And as soon as we reach the opening, here we're in the city of Telos. And he takes this craft up so we can see it like a cityscape view that you've seen in photographs. This was the outline of the city of Telos on its first level, and there are five. So some of the things that are circular in orientation, in the middle of it, there's a huge white pyramid that has a capstone on the top that I've been told was given to them by Venus. There are numerous. Given to them,
0: excuse me, given to them by. By Venus. Venus, the planet Venus. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a whole other story about life on other planets. Right. Yes.
1: There's been intercommunication with, um, I've come to understand that the extraterrestrials we refer to, the ones that are benevolent and are here for us, they like to be considered ultra-terrestrials because they are. They're higher versions of ourselves. And the extraterrestrials are all the other than we just don't understand about yet. Anyway, um, there, was a, there was daylight in this place. Now, I look up understanding in my mind that I'm underground somewhere. And so I'm trying to see where this thing, how high it goes up and I can't see the top. There's no light coming streaming through here. So it's not from the sun and yet it's illuminated like daylight. In when I started to ponder on that more, I started to remember what I was seeing and I didn't remember seeing any shadows whatsoever. So I have to believe that the lighting there was crystal driven like most of the other things are. The buildings are all crystal. Um, There's multiple temples on this level. Most of the population lives on this level. Um, It was something to see.
0: When you say level, are, are there different stations down below it that you go, you travel down through elevators or escalators to? I don't know how we got to, I was explained,
1: it was explained to me that there are five levels of telos. And if we could imagine how vast this really covers, they say it's 25 square miles. So who knows what's underneath here. And again, keep in mind, it's in another dimension altogether, not one that we can't experience physically because we know that we do that through the fifth dimensional awareness here. It's just a vibrational match. And apparently my vibration matched. there's enough so that I could experience what they experienced. This is kind of the drum I've been beating since I understood what this was all about. And when we talk about maintaining high vibrations, here is the reason why because we can experience everything that vibrates around us at the same levels and when we do and we're open to things like you've experienced and i've experienced they'll reveal more to you and once they know that you're okay with that they're going to reveal a little more it's fascinating to me that there's when we talk about disclosure now There's still a lot of attention on all those lights in the sky and the the arguments about whether they are or aren't. Well, let me tell you something. I've stopped worrying about those things in the sky because there's been a civilization that's been here for a lot longer than we have that has just been waiting in the wings for our vibration to match theirs again.
0: Right. So within is just as fascinating as above,
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely, and no one had any idea. Middle-earth and inner-earth certainly weren't things that were on my radar at all, Peter. I can tell you what I knew about Telos before I visited Mount Shasta. I'd seen it on a cover of a book that first weekend when I got here. I had connections to Lemuria that kind of resonated with me, but there had been no opportunity for me to put any of that in perspective. Well, I'm clearly on an accelerated learning curve here for a purpose. And I think one of the purposes is so that I can hurry up and understand it quickly enough so that I can help others understand what it is that we're going through. Uh, it's time to stop worrying about all the things that separate us because we're about to move into an area where we don't see that separation anymore.
0: You're experiencing what higher consciousness means, You know, a civilization that is already at higher consciousness and how they perform and relate is something that we need to learn about so we can adjust ourselves as we grow into a higher consciousness. That's really well said. And if there's anything to come out of this particular
1: broadcast today, that in my mind would be the most important one.
0: Well, that's so. That's why I'm so happy to be interviewing you because it's so important for us to know about the, the reality beyond the third dimension that most people have no idea about, and certainly very few people are even going to want to listen to this show because it's it's too hard to listen to when you can't grasp it. That's absolutely true. There has to be a shift in your own
1: awareness and willingness to see and hear things you don't understand. But if we if we can't get past the things, all the things that we think that we've learned out of books or mentors or teachers or experts, whatever it is, we can't break free of that. Somebody said this to me once, and I love this phrase. So I'm going to use it here. Why do we fight for our limitations? when the universe tells us that there's no limit to what we can see and experience. We're just stuck in this particular experiment. Um, but I,
0: th- I think that's true to wise souls to know the difference. And, you know, I, I do shows with a woman who's an animal communicator, Sandra Mendelssohn, and she has dozens of different species that speak to her. And, Is it that all animals can speak with her? No. Among every species, there are the wise ones who are multidimensional and can actually communicate with her about very profound topics that you can't imagine animals would even grasp. And yet they're brilliant, but it's not all species, all members of all species, just like all humans can't grasp so much of what we're talking about. We all have different journeys
1: and different levels of advancement. Part of our responsibility is to help the universe evolve. That's why we keep incarnating. So we learn these bad lessons and these good lessons. And so you learn those unique ones on your unique journey. I learn mine uniquely on my journey. In the end, all of that contributes to the collective Akash, And sooner or later, I get to call upon your experiences, Peter, without ever having to experience them myself. So thank you for all the crappy things you had to learn, and you're welcome for the ones I had to learn (laughs) on your behalf. But that's kind of our role here.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're here to talk with each other about uh, our our fascinations because our fascinations are through, uh, let's call it our imagination which is only the way we create any kind of reality because life is an illusion to begin with. So we are all living in um, in, in a sense, in a, empty space that's, that's uh, built up into something, just the consciousness and people don't know that. And once you know that, then you can be the inventor of, of greatness. And that's why these people in Telos and, and many other civilizations under our Earth are able to build these fascinating cities and and beautiful environments that work perfectly because they have the the consciousness to to know better to create yes. that level. And they probably had to learn from experience too, and yeah, of course they did. Sure, yeah. they
1: did. But at the level that they're in, they're they're not affected by the delay to manifest things. They can really alter matter in ways that you know we've heard about and we think is really cool. <laughs> they can do that now, and the more evolved they get, the better they get at it. The appeal between them and us right now is that they have some wonderfully advanced technologies, but they see things from a fifth dimensional uh, perspective, which isn't a a bad thing at all, but they've gone beyond duality. So they only think in those terms, but what does humanity have to offer them? Where does our creativity come? It comes from our emotion. So imagine taking their technology and our emotion wanting to improve upon that, That's what everyone's excited to see what'll manifest
0: when we get to the next level. But it's not eliminating duality because duality exists at every level. It's just the density of duality on our plane here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, no one's ignoring that. And yes, there are still lessons to learn from that. They see beyond it. The collective looks at it solution oriented, not they want to point a finger at the other side on whose problem this was. We're beyond that.
0: Well, I think there's a a consciousness, a higher consciousness of of truths of life that us humans uh, on the surface here can't identify because we're not of that vibration yet to identify truths. It's just like um, many years ago, um, I guess before the Renaissance, when all artwork had no perspective to it because nobody could identify perspective. They, they could look at it all day long and they didn't know it was perspective and they couldn't paint it or draw it. And then all of a sudden they became conscious of it and all of a sudden it went into all their artwork. And And how could that be? How could they not have known they were seeing perspective because their consciousness hadn't risen to that level? And so yes. just think about we haven't risen to. <laughs>
1: You know, I've asked to have some of those alleged you know, um, resources, those powers. I asked to get them back. Um, and some of them have materialized. I can't. Uh, one of the last things that Kumu in, in future talks will talk about Kumu and this hybrid that I met for what she was supposed to come along to. she had asked me last, she said, can you move energy yet? And I said, what do you mean yet? She goes, oh, no, no, you're going to be, in, you'll be to the point where you can manipulate energy and move it. I said, I'm looking forward to that day. So I want to be able to defy gravity and I want to move energy next. <laughs> but there are capabilities we all have in the next realm too we just we're so conditioned by what we think we know what we're capable of more than that what we see on our screen we're just not
0: we're not capable of seeing beyond what our brains can behold true our brain's just an interpreter you have
1: to let your heart core do the interpretation for you and there is where your inner being is already connected to all of that other greatness you just have to
0: tap into it and listen when the time comes that we're capable of tapping into it to listen at that level. I think that's what higher consciousness is bringing us. And until then only unusual people like you are given the access, because, and I, I, I know that you know they've told you that you've had lifetimes where you have been an advanced being. So. It's not like you've never been there. It's just that you've chosen this lifetime on this planet now to be densely third dimensional.
1: Yes, I came back for this purpose. I knew in this lifetime I was here for the handoff between this Earth's reality and the next Earth's reality, I love that. <laughs> and that there was a role that I was supposed to play in that. That's what I came back here for.
0: Yeah, that's that's incredible, and I'm so glad to know you and to talk about this with you, because you're an ambassador of higher consciousness.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, it's hard to hear those words about yourself because I'm just like all the rest of you. Believe me, I had been in the business world and chased all the things that all the rest of us chase, but something snapped in me and showed me things beyond just this. And it took a while. You know, I told you I'm a Capricorn. If somebody had to do due diligence with me, man, it, you have to dot every I across every T in order for me to really believe it for myself. The things that I put on my website were not, they were proof to me, Peter, not for me to tell you what to do. Here, use your discernment on what I found to be true, but this is what I found and it's true.
0: See, but that's what, what supports you so much is your attention to detail, to your, your ability to have discernment and uh, and have perspective of, of this journey that you're on and being able to talk about it in a grounded way.
1: I'm pretty sure that I recognize those things in myself. I've always been pretty grounded. It's not that I don't get lifted off every now and then. And what I've been going through lately, I was told about a month ago, um, make sure you're grounded or you'll be swept away. Well, I can see how that would happen. <laughs> I'm, I, I start to hear from more and more people. And it's wonderful. That was really the reason for all this is when they start to go through these changes themselves. And they're like me. They're looking for a touchstone I've made myself available for that. I'm not here to tell you anything. I will tell you what I've experienced and use your own discernment and tell me if it resonates with
0: you. So we've really run out of time, and I want you to let people know where they can find out more. The easiest way to find my website these days is just type
1: Lowell Johnson, L-O-W-E-L-L-J-O-H-N-S-O-N dot info, and you'll go right to it. Oh, good. If I was to explain the website to you, it's always confusing. So this was a suggestion my guides actually made a month ago. You need to make it easier for people to just type in your name, find your mission
0: accomplished. Yeah, and that's why I guess you've been given an easy name to type in.
1: <laughs> well, so they say. I was never fond of Lowell Johnson. I was named after my father. And anyway,
0: okay. So this is wonderful. Thank you so much. And we'll be talking again because I want to know more. And I'm sure our audience wants to hear more. So Lowell, thanks so much for being a guest on Energy Stew.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Peter. I'm looking forward to doing this again.
0: Thank you. And this is Peter Roth, your host of Energy Stew at PRN.live. I can be reached at Peter at h e a r t River, H-E-A-R-T, river.org. Thanks so much for listening, and I'd love to hear from you. Okay, bye.